0: Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we're recording today Halloween. Not sure if it's gonna be out today, but uh, probably first episode of November. But anyway, this uh, guest is—I've um, I've met her many years ago, was in a different age. She was doing a different sport altogether, and now she is a pan champion in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So. Um, and she's been doing this for not a, a, a whole lot of time. So she's been evolving very fast, uh, very talented athlete. So welcome to the show, Charmin Smith.
1: Thanks, Yuri. Glad to be
0: here. Uh, Charmin, so let's before talk about Jiu Jitsu, let's talk about uh, your previous life, uh, a sport, uh, which you still can, kind of practice today. I think you are a personal trainer, right? So before you, you joined this jujitsu journey, um, tell us a little bit more about what you used to do as far as competition. Well, uh,
1: I got uh, really got into working out a little a little while ago, um, aggressively into bodybuilding.
0: <laughs> All right, we we got cut a little bit in the beginning, but let's just uh, just to, to recap again. You s- did you say two thousand ten?
1: In two thousand ten, yeah.
0: And it was uh, physique. or was it beginning at that time.
1: Um actually figure and physique Uh, i'm naturally uh, pretty muscular so
0: okay cool and uh, i remember uh, that we met i think uh, we met probably in 2014 something like that that uh, you were training at destination at that time you were living in dallas right yes and uh, now you are where are you in oklahoma
1: i'm actually in broken bow oklahoma
0: yeah and if it, it was there that you uh, tried jiu-jitsu for the first time?
1: I actually tried jiu-jitsu for the first time in Nashville, Tennessee, um, at um, Nashville MMA under uh, Team Sean Hammonds. Really? Yes. A- and a- I only, um, just for a short amount of time there, just a couple of months, um... I had a couple of really good coaches, though, and I just fell in love with um, the energy and intensity in the gym. Uh, The gym, they had actually just kind of joined with um, training camp, which is Michael Chandler's gym, or was at the time. Which
0: which year was that?
1: Oh, this would have been... 2019 yeah 2019 because it was right before uh COVID hit yeah
0: and then in 2020 was officially when you compete for the first time
1: so um I joined for like the three months or so in Nashville I fell in love with it and at that point I heard about pans and I was like oh this is this is the big thing I have to do. Like I have to do that tournament because I have such a competitive nature uh, anyways. And so I was just like, Oh, I'm going to do that. And so then COVID hit and some other things happened. And I actually moved back from Nashville, back to Southeast Oklahoma, where I actually don't have anywhere um, within an hour and a half to drive of here. So I didn't, I didn't do any more training any of 2020, and I didn't even start back until 2021. Um,
0: wow! Really? So you actually start training really seriously in 2021.
1: My first competition was um, my first competition was a grappling games in April of um 20- wait. wait. It was in 2021, and then uh, I didn't know more until I started working for AGF, actually, in, um, in June of 2021. And then I competed, and I did, like, 38 matches the remainder of 2021. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> I ended up coming out as number one uh, white belt female in the AGF. I actually set that goal as well.
0: And which class? Which division? And, yeah, which division?
1: Um, heavyweight Masters One.
0: Heavyweight, okay.
1: I, yeah, I compete sometimes medium heavy and sometimes heavy because where my weight falls, and so it's easier for me to just not worry about cutting and go up a weight class.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. also you don't have preference, do you?
1: No, I mean I would just. If I could just compete in the open with everybody, then I would just do that.
0: (laughs) Have you tried uh, on this last competition to do the absolute?
1: Um, Yes, at the last pans competition, I actually, um, I did my weight class and then I did the open as well. And I got a double gold, so I golded in both of them.
0: That's amazing. Absolutely fantastic. And, and And it was your first pan as a blue?
1: Yeah, as a blue, I actually um, last year, no, this year, is I, I actually signed up to do um, the pan pans in the ghee as a white belt. Um, I, it was really hard for me. Um, I actually went through a divorce last year, and I've opened a new gym, a new business, and so I've been really um, kind of you know struggling a little bit trying to like find a balance in work and my obsession with you know training
0: and competition and it's hard right it's hard to be a business owner and also focus on training
1: yeah yeah and also just you know yeah it it is tough and, and i
0: didn't know about the divorce by the way
1: <laughs> do
0: oh i didn't know yeah. about that so yeah one more thing to worry about
1: well it's okay and um fortunately we're both mature adults and we're still friends and and all that stuff but it's still that type of thing is always difficult but i kind of um just poured myself into the sport even more i suppose and um so i signed up for pans in the gi um and i booked a flight and i you know was like okay i'm gonna do this i don't care what i have to do so i get to dallas to leave for PANS in April and my flight had been cancelled due to winds and this was like like the, I needed to check in the next day or something wow. so I packed up in my car and I drove to Orlando I drove straight down there um, I got there something happened there was traffic and I like got there walked in the door checked in and my first match started
0: no way (laughs) really
1: (laughs) and i got a goal that uh pans as a white belt in Orlando.
0: and and you went by yourself no coach nothing
1: no coach or nothing no
0: you travel all the way from dallas to orlando on your own you went there straight to the mat basically no coach no help no support and you won yes this is incredible absolutely yes. incredible
1: weirdly i was actually a little disappointed i had two matches and then i was like is that it like i drove all the way out here to... <laughs> the
0: reason
1: i the open i think maybe there wasn't an open
0: yeah i don't think there is a one for, white. for a white yeah for white belt yeah that's crazy i didn't know about this whole struggle i could only imagine i mean I, you probably you are in a good shape so you probably don't have any problems with um Cardio cardio, anything, right?
1: Well, no, but actually um, since starting with the team that I'm training with now with um, SMAA out of, originally I started in Shreveport because um, Professor Knutson did not have a gym open in Texarkana as well. Um, So I would actually commute from Oklahoma to Shreveport, which is a two and a half hour drive um a couple of times a week and then he opened in Texarkana which is an hour and a half drive. And now that's my main gym but um
0: wait so you for you to train you have to drive an hour and a half
1: yeah one way
0: one way and you train that you don't train every day of course with this distance right you 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 can't no
1: but for, for a period of time, I did live in Texarkana. I was kind of in between finding places. So I did train five days a week for like six months um, or something like that. But no, but I still do tend to train two to three days a week. I go through seasons. Like right now, um, I'm having like some car trouble. So I'm like, I'll, I'll prioritize at least one class a week. But I do own a gym here in Oklahoma, and I have mats of my own, and so I at least can drill, I can roll, and...
0: Um, oh, do you have any training partner there?
1: Uh, no, not really. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for you to open a, a BJJ gym there, uh, you know.
1: It, it's definitely um, part of my plan. There's a couple of people around town that um, train jiu-jitsu here. I just... It it seems like catching them at the right time is always difficult. And if I can, I'll just—I mean, I'll drop everything. If I can get out of here in time to make it for class in Texarkana, even if it's an hour and a half, I'll drop everything and and take off because I feel like since starting at SMAA, my I've gotten so much better. And it's not just the the technique, the conditioning that. Professor Knutsen does there is on a different type of level. Like most people can't complete the warm up, you know, the first time they come to our gym and we train like that every single day. So it's you know? so it's
0: not like a specific competition class that they that he pushes more. It's just the, the regular class.
1: It's the regular gym and class. It's about a fifteen minute warm up, and we start with, um, you know, with jogging, high knee, uh, you know, side step, shovel steps, butt kickers, and then we go into line drills. But I mean, it takes a full 15 minutes of non stop And it's like, he doesn't put up with uh, not hustling. So it's a, it's a, it's a hustle. So, you know, it um,
0: But the it whole class of, is like what, one hour and a half, two hours? The entire you know, class with roll and everything? But,
1: we're done in an hour, 15 minutes of warm-up, um, another, fi- another 15, 20 minutes of drilling only, um, and then we do like 30 minutes of rolls. And we're, it starts at 6.30, and we're done at 7.30, and I'm talking, um, I'm more conditioned than I've ever been my whole life.
0: <laughs> well, but you you were never really in bad condition, right? Because you are an athlete, naturally, and you train, you have your, your gym. I know that the cardio for is a completely different beast altogether, right?
1: Yes, it really is. And, you know, I, I've always felt like I've been conditioned, but I've never been conditioned like this. And it does remind me, I mean, I had a coach in Dallas. Uh, his name is Frank Minxt, and he writes for John Meadows. Um, he's super brilliant. But anyways, he kind of instilled in my mind that your, um, your warm-up um, should be your general preparedness you know like your warm-up needs to be your base level of fitness and so when I joined an SMAA and and I felt the just the intensity of the warm-up and the energy in the group I was like this this is this place is for me because it kind of satisfied that hardcore training feeling that I always am kind of searching for
0: do you think that if you open a gym uh, at your location, you're gonna have a good clientele there? There are people interested in jujitsu in this in this area.
1: Oh yeah, and what's interesting about jujitsu is a lot of people uh, a lot of people don't know that they need it or they don't know that they would be interested in it. But I actually do something in my um, my gym because I mainly do one on one and small group uh, training but I do something as well called primal flow and it's um it's just kind of my own my own combination what we do in our um preparedness um so we do like a really good warm-up but it's all on the mats and we start on the floor and a lot of this is just um mobility uh functional strength and conditioning it's it's, it's really like jiu-jitsu minus the grappling, mm-hmm. um, plus a little more um, like animal flow, mobility type of stuff. And honestly, I feel like one of the reasons I've excelled thus far in jiu-jitsu is not just because I'm strong or because I've been an athlete, but I've kind of made it my duty over the last um, years to be able to just move really well. Yeah like it's important to me to move well and to be semi pain-free
0: yeah talking about pain-free um you are pretty healthy right no injuries never had any major injury with jujitsu or even when you were lifting right
1: no but i actually i was a basketball player when i was younger and um in college you know wanted to walk on to the team and I tore my ACL and my meniscus and my left knee two years consecutively, and that's actually how I started lifting weight is because I was like, well, I don't guess I can do this anymore.
0: <laughs> I see. But with jiu you never had any problem?
1: No, no, not really at all. Um, I've never had any kind of, may. I mean, I get plenty of dings and bumps and you know how Jiu-Jitsu yeah. goes. Um, no, I've been yeeted pretty hard a few times and
0: and no major injuries. But do you wood. do you feel like this is because of your game? Because I've seen some of your fights, you really like to play on the bottom, right?
1: I didn't always. Actually, my first coach I had was also a judo black belt. His name is Javier Arroyo. Um, and I remember him specifically telling me, do not pull guard. <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah,
0: don't judo pull. players don't... No steps, pool guard for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: but but um, Wayne Knudsen, my coach now, and our other coaches at SMAA, they do um, have a strong guard game. And Professor Knudsen, is his build is similar to mine. He's like six He's long and lanky, and and I think it actually helps that we have a little bit of a similar game. Um, but I'm a little bit risky, you know. I'm at least when I'm training and, and you know jujitsu at least in my school I don't really have very many other women to train with so I'm training with 200 plus pound men that do not cut me an inch of a break because they know I'm mean as hell
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even with those uh, heavy guys you're you comfortable play on the bottom
1: oh for sure and you know sometimes I do things purpose, like I'll give up my position or give up, you know, give up an arm for an arm bar just to see if I can escape out of it. Um, so, but I do uh, like, for example, for arm bar and for shoulder locks and stuff, I do a lot of what's called a journey. Um, I use gymnastics rings and I basically try to put my joints, make my joints comfortable in the worst position they can be in. <laughs> Because, you know, injuries normally occur in the soft tissue when the soft tissue is exposed to a force that it can't handle. So if you um, are tight or slightly immobile, not not even if you're just tight, because just because you're flexible doesn't mean that you have strength at the end range, right? So I kind of like to try to find my weak spots and hammer away at them
0: that's where your mobility work comes into play right because it's very important to be to have a good mobility in jiu-jitsu for sure
1: absolutely any sport actually and and actually just in everyday life you know i mean it sucks to get hurt and and i know because my job is basically a physical job i move things around and i train people and i pick things up all day and i can't afford to be down or injured
0: well that's 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 uh, definitely um some important uh I, w- I never realized how mobility was in, was so key until i saw jiu-jitsu because you know in bodybuilding if you when at the time i was doing bodybuilding it was not really highly emphasized how mobility uh, was important, mainly back in 2010, 14, 15. Um, Nowadays they are talking more about mobility work.
1: Yeah, you know, back in the day it was just how many reps can you push out of what weight, you know. (laughs) and. But weirdly i find I find a lot of value, um even in some of the dumbest bodybuilding training I've done. Um, I feel like I learned grit, and people will say you can't you know you can't learn grit, but I feel like I learned grit um and I learned how to push through what's painful and uncomfortable through bodybuilding and and actually like learn what I was capable of doing. like Your mind wants to stop way before you're actually done.
0: Yeah, and and you probably learn about nutrition as well during that time.
1: Yeah, a good amount of um, what not to do and what... (laughs) (laughs) You learn a little bit of of both. If you make enough mistakes, you can learn a lot of cool things.
0: You said that you don't have any problems because uh, you can fluctuate between medium heavy and heavy so you, you are okay competing in both divisions so you don't really do any type of uh, nutritional plans before a, a, a competition you just eating whatever uh, you're eating
1: i'm always on some type of nutritional plan this last uh, pans that i did i actually um was animal based for the two months um before Although, I've learned some kind of lessons with my body that I will not be continuing to only eat that way. But basically, I was just eating only red meat and fruit.
0: How many meals a day? Uh,
1: maybe just like two meals and a couple of snacks. Not pushing calories or anything crazy. I think I actually weighed in at PANS at like 156, and my weight class was like 158 to 169.
0: Wow. But you were also not counting calories. So do you have – or do you have an idea how many calories you were eating a day?
1: No. I'm very – I mean, it was probably, you know, eh, around 3,000 or something. But, no, I'm very intuitive with my eating. And um, I wasn't restricting calories for sure. I was consuming – you know, I might eat a 16-ounce ribeye for breakfast. Um, So (laughs) – yeah, but I might only eat two meals a day. So, you know, um, basically just when I was hungry, I was eating the same type of foods.
0: Did you did you feel that this type of diet helped you in some way on your endurance or your cardio? Did you see any benefits or… I-
1: as much as I hate to admit I probably wouldn't do it this specific way again because I had some other issues pop up that were definitely 100% related to eating red meat only um, but I will have to say from previous experience and competition that being hungry <laughs> being fasted I've fasted you know and and really tried to like cut I've, um, even though I wasn't Hungry or what? You know, when you're eating only meat, it does give you a bit of a vicious feeling, you know. And I feel like um, kind of the same thing with training and bodybuilding. You don't want to go in all fat and happy and relaxed, and you know that I feel like it kind of removes your motivation really to feel like that mm-hmm. much. Um, you know, I like to, I like to be a little hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a little bit different. Uh, from keto, right? Because you said that you were eating fruit and fruit, there's a bunch of carbs there. So we, yeah. you're not really restricting yourself on carbs.
1: No, but you have to eat a lot of fruit. To If I'm if my normal nutrition, I'm trying to push 300 plus grams of carbs a day, you know, you eat an apple and some berries and some banana and you still are under 100 grams of carbs pretty easily. Um, and I wasn't just living off of fruit. Really, it was more fats, more like butter, avocado, um, red meat, maybe like a little bit of raw milk or yogurt or something like that in the day. But honestly, I just stayed really tight. I work so much that um, eating, unfortunately, can't always be a top priority of mine, especially since my goal isn't to... To bodybuild, I do like, I do believe that you know, jiu jitsu, just like any other sport, nutrition is is vital. You know, you have to like, this is one reason why I feel like I compete, I have competed um, better is because when I enter a weight division with most women um, in a master's level weight class. Most women are gonna hold twenty to thirty percent body fat even if they're athletic. We, and my we, body fat is keeping purposefully down around, you know, 16%, 15, sixteen percent, 17 percent range and that's just kind of my homeostasis from training for so long. So I immediately have ten pounds of muscle mass on everybody. Eating.
0: Yeah, and I've seen some of your trains. I saw you that you were lifting reasonably heavy the other day doing some deadlifts and everything do you adapt your training when you are closer to the competition as far as weightlifting or you have the same regime all year long
1: no my jiu jitsu is my conditioning mostly um my uh strength training that i do um basically if in my in my mind if i don't maintain strength um I'm going to lose body weight and I'm going to lose muscle mass. And so I don't do a lot of kind of like isolated work or I don't do a lot of bodybuilding stuff. My main goal is to hit two to three lifts a week, two to three um, sessions, and to make sure in that time I'm doing deadlifts. I do a lot of pull-ups, like pull-ups and hanging from rings um, every single day. Uh, I try to make sure I have something like a zercher squat. Um, I try to make sure that I have a lot of um, core and I mean doing some bench or some floor press and that's it. It's like five or six lifts that I just make sure every week I can hit my five by five or my eight by three and just get all my reps and because You know, with my job here, I wake up at 4 a.m. I have classes from basically from 5 until noon every day. Um, My job is highly physical. Then I'm turning around and training jiu-jitsu, sometimes two-a-days jiu-jitsu, or I'll train in the evening and wake up and go early again the next morning. And so I'm I'm burning my candle at all ends. Yeah. So, for me, I just have to prioritize maintaining and not losing my strength as I'm doing all this million other things in my life.
0: (laughs) And you are not really increasing weight, you try to keep the same lift as far as the amount of weight that you're lifting, or some days you're just feeling like lifting really heavy and you do some heavy stuff?
1: I try to do heavy stuff at least. Once a week? Well, really at least once every couple of weeks. Um, and then I do a lot of volume, you know, a lot of, like, rip work. Um, but mainly all functional stuff, you know, squats, lunges, overhead lunges. I've gotten more into doing some work that my professor actually turned me on to. And the guy's, the guy's a doctor, and his name is Joel. I have to look him up. But he um, he only trains 90 degree range, he does a shortened range of motion, and a lot of his um, movements are very um, stability um, focused, and unilateral, and stability together, like, so, it's like you're, you're building strength, but it's just a lot of, like,
0: core strength. And you believe, because there's a, uh, there's a lot of debate around that, do you believe that all those Lifts that you do, they contribute somehow with your jujitsu?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I've been told by numerous people that my grips are stupid.
0: (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) Those
1: grips are because of pull ups for a while, like throughout the year, really all of last year, I was going to the park every morning and doing pull ups, like, you know. Every single day, pull ups, one arm hangs, German hangs. But yeah, I know my grip is awesome because I not only pick up weights all day long for a living, but I just hang from things.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: know you grip to be stronger, you start hanging from stuff. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
1: Like, um, you know, deadlifts, zercher squats, or, I mean, zerchers are amazing, but I, I mean, I do feel like my posture if I ever do have to you know come into somebody's guard or something like I I know that my back is strong you know and I think if I can lift twice my body weight or three times my body weight then moving one person around that's my body weight should be relatively easy
0: mm-hmm. are you still working on your takedowns or are you nowadays more like bottom player pulling guard
1: Oh, I do everything. I'm not actually my um one of my closest training partners. I have several really amazing women that I have the opportunity to train with, but one of them, her name is Andrea. They call her Andrea KGB Lee. She's currently the number seven, number six or seven flyweight in the UFC. Um, and she's she competes. As flyweight, but I think she walks around 150. So we're, you know, we're close to each other. But she loves training with me because she just loves to toss me around, and I just jump back up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But is she tall like you? Because you're you're really tall.
1: Yeah, yeah. We do a lot of standing work, and I enjoy that as well. But so. Last year in the AGF competitions, I had 38 matches, and I lost two matches only.
0: Points or, or submission? They,
1: they both, they were only by points, but they both were against, um, well, the first one was against a girl that from Dallas who was an Olympic weightlifter, and she was an amazing athlete, but... Not to make excuses, but I stood up with her for too long. We went up and down, up and down. I wore myself out. Then I pulled guard. She got around my guard, and she smashed me for the rest of the remainder of time, and I lost on points. Um, The other match was the same. It was a different girl, but it was in gi, uh, open weight class. She was heavier than me. Um so I kind of from those two matches I just was like why would I waste my time standing up when the when my when my end game is a submission of those 38 matches I lost two so 36 were wins and 34 of those match submissions
0: and probably the vast majority arm bar right because you like you like I'm buying triangle a lot
1: armbar, triangle, and close uh, guillotine from closed guard or arm and guillotine um, is I have like a kind of like a systematic approach, I guess to my uh, match. It's,
0: so they, it's really impressive. It's really impressive how you develop all these skills in such a short period of time and mainly not training like a maniac every single day just because the, cur- the current conditions living so far away, right? So... Why you think of that? Is is like just natural, or you do a lot of drills on your own when you when you can't go to the gym? You said that you have some mats, so you do a lot of drills. Do you think that drills help you to to improve?
1: Well, so last year I did live for about six months in Texarkana and I I mean I was training four days a week, sometimes twice a day. Um, I just have the ability to kind of. Um, Obsessed about doing something but not in the typical way like I always have people and they send me matches and they're like oh have you watched this match or have you listened to this technique or this podcast and I'm like almost dumb about all of it I'm like nope I don't know what's happening I don't even know what I'm doing half the time when I'm doing it I'm like it's just like accident
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Weirdly, a lot of it feels just natural to me. Um, Of course, I've had coaches and stuff correct me. Normally, I'm pretty good, but I need to... I'm not a very good learner by reading something or by watching a video. You need to practice. I need to actually be smacked in the face or I need somebody to choke me and then I'll know next time I can't do that. You know, like, I have to actually tangibly be you know, or physically be doing something. And I think that's why training works out so well for me is because it kind of is like how I'm learning.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, And and I guess the next big goal is uh, the words.
1: Well, so... No. I'll, unfortunately, I would love to go to Worlds, but it being located in California as it is, I probably will not make Worlds this year. Um I probably will do PANs in March. Uh Only next...
0: Well, but day- you can still do Wars next year.
1: Yeah, I will. I actually did Worlds as a white belt. Well, I did the Jiu-Jitsu Con mm-hmm. International as a white belt and won that one as well, but... um I actually uh, plan on doing all the big tournaments next year. And so, like, I won Nogi Pans um, this year already in the Masters. So, next year, I will do the Nogi Pans in adult. Because it's like I've already done it as a blue belt, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and I could just try to hold the title. But I feel like I would get a little more competition and honestly, like I've had some good matches, but I've been a little like disappointed. Like I'm still searching for that, you know, challenge, that,
0: like, the challenge.
1: That, yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting. That's why you probably. That's why you want to do adults to see if there is more challenge.
1: Well, um, I don't really know. That actually was a recommendation from my coach as well to, to try to do. Um, adult next year but I do because I feel like as an adult a lot of these adults were kids training and they're coming up you know so plus they're younger they're gonna be able to move a little bit better and yeah at least in my mind that's what I think
0: yeah it'll be very challenging for sure definitely but then next year do you plan to do words adult or master?
1: I probably will do it as a master's since I haven't won it as a master's yet.
0: That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Mm-hmm. Although I think that you're not going to stay on the blue belt for too long if you continue this trajectory. Probably next year it will be, be your last year as uh, a blue. Well,
1: <laughs> uh, that's something else. I mean, under the coach I have right now, he does not hand out stripes easily or belts like he really had I mean you really got to do something to let's see to earn now I have I have two girls in my school um Amanda Bratley is one I think she's actually a master's too but she's a she's a world champ you know she got promoted to blue belt and immediately won you know Nogi Nogi worlds and then the same um with another girl's in master's one but I think she might be the heavier weight class but um, Candice um, and Candice right now is the number one blue belt in the IBJJF and she's also my teammate and they're both you know um, like more they're closer to my weight class and my age division and they're incredible to roll with and we just have some scrappy tough <laughs> Do
0: you Do you have any preference Charmy as far as uh, gi or no gi?
1: Mm. It depends when you ask me, but right now, no gi.
0: It uh, depends when I ask you. <laughs> it depends it on your mood. <laughs> it love, depends on, on, yeah, on the season. I
1: both of them. Um, I like how well I'm able to move in no gi.
0: So you don't miss all the grips, all the lapels and all this stuff? Or you don't use that much?
1: No. Well, at least right <laughs> because right now, my my plan of attack really just kind of involves cartwheeling and spinning around on top of my <laughs> uh, uh. opponent. So the grips are not really, but I you know I love the key and I love being able to use the grips and really like crawl all the way around somebody and and I love them both. But maybe right now a little bit more no-gi.
0: Yeah, makes sense. You just won a big uh, tournament, so.
1: Yeah, know That uh, the pans tournament I just did. So I was on this, you know, uh, animal based diet. I'm like training hard, you know, making sure I get my lifts in every week, getting as many, you know, rounds as I can in, and many classes and. Um,
0: but this time but you this time you had the whole team with you. I did right. I did. Do you think yeah. that make a made a big difference?
1: Oh, absolutely I have a great um, team and support system for sure and it always helps to have them have them close by
0: yeah definitely that, that's why I was so surprised when you went to Orlando on your own and did everything and won got your mail and came back <laughs> it's, yeah, it's great it,
1: it was a little bit it was a little bit of a mess but somehow I made it work it's yeah. kind of weird
0: did you at um, least meet some some friends there when you were there, or no? No one rooting for you at all?
1: My 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 older sister actually lives in Tampa, and her and her husband and her kids came, and they were like, we were there for like ten minutes. I had two matches. The first match was over in like thirty seconds, and the second match was not much longer after that. And they were like, "Is that it?" <laughs> that I just did um, so I did all this training and kind of ran myself thin and then the Saturday before I started getting sick like
0: why you were like, there in in Orlando no uh,
1: no this this was um this was pans and garland oh, okay they
0: one, the one here in Dallas yeah yeah
1: yeah so the Saturday before. I, I realized I was like, man, I have a headache. And I checked my temperature because I don't usually have a headache. And I had a fever. I had like a 101 fever. And I'm like, what in the heck? No, I can't, you know, I can't do all this. So, of course, I get my vitamin C and I'm drinking a bunch of water. And by that evening, my temperature was borderline 104. Um, and it's like, I would, I would, get ice packs from my freezer and pile them on my body and then my temperature would come down a little bit and it was like every single day until the following wednesday so from saturday to wednesday i had almost 104 fever every day
0: so Um, you didn't train at all that week
1: i trained zero and i actually didn't even get out of bed i thought i was gonna die i laid in bed (laughs) from saturday to wednesday fortunately I had clients and family members you know check on me and bring me food and try to wash my laundry but I mean I couldn't even get out of bed um and when I did finally get up it was to drive myself to the clinic to get IV fluids because I just I needed I needed help like I didn't know if I was gonna make it I don't know if you've ever had a Hundred and four fever for numerous days in a row, That's
0: but crazy. And they actually detect what what's going on.
1: I tested positive for flu A. Um, I tested negative for COVID, but I mean, my practitioner was semi convinced that I had both of them in some way. Uh, really, I just had a um, headache, body aches, and fever. But man, that that. it it was horrible i like i've never hurt so bad from this fever and i there's no it it leaves you feeling pretty hopeless because there's nothing you can do except for just take some ibuprofen and then you just have to start you know piling ice on your body and trying to cool yourself down and this happened you know in the middle of the night mostly was when it was happening like every single night leading up to um thursday i think my fever finally disappeared and everybody was like, even my coach was like, I don't think you should compete, you should just, and I was like, there's no way, this is bullshit, this <laughs> is the part of my language, but I just, the whole reason I got sick is because I was training so hard.
0: You, there's th- you no think way it was not. because of the training, or do you think that the somehow, totally speculation, do you think that your immune system was also weak because of the diet or something no.
1: Um, I definitely think the diet... Played into this and i mean i i have had kind of some weird kidney issues over the last two months and you know mm-hmm. honestly i would i would have argued with you oh there's no way that eating this way because of all the you know the research and the medical journals and studies there's no way eating like this can be bad for you but i think maybe some people have just different genetic predispositions maybe i was just pushing too hard but i was many different plays you know Many different things play into this. I also wake up at four AM, and sometimes it's ten or eleven, or you know, two, lack of three sleep. training sessions. Yeah. I'm pushing my body to the, the extremes. I'm sure it was
0: the perfect storm. Let's put it this way: because probably if it was just a diet of someone that was not pushing the body as much as you you were, they would not have this problem. But you were doing a bunch of things: lack of sleep, probably some stress along the way um, so all that definitely uh, contribute all right Chami uh, great talk uh, glad to know that you not only survived that uh, flu but also you won the pan you definitely a great example of overcoming obstacles to make sure that you get things done you went through a, a hell to, to, to win your first pan in Orlando lost flight, drove all the way by yourself, and now you had this problem, so uh, congratulations for the grit, for the perseverance, and uh, resilience, right? I mean so many things could go wrong but you kept pushing and ensure that you did your best to make it happen. Thank you, All right, cool. Thank you very much for joining. To take the time to join, I know that you have a really busy schedule, so I appreciate uh, you taking the time to share your journey. And good luck uh, next year. All
1: right, thank you. You too as well, Yuri. Hope you good luck. Thank you very much. All
0: right, everyone. That's a wrap for today's episode. Stay tuned. We have a couple of more episodes before the end of this year. So stay tuned.